You're listening to Recovery Podcast, a production of Volunteers of America. My name's Nick, and I want to thank you for joining us this week for episode 58. Volunteers of America, we are a ministry of service, seeing broken people physically, emotionally, and spiritually healed and thriving in their lives. Our team brings you recovery podcasts twice a month with stories, interviews, and insights for all those seeking to live their best life. It's our goal to inform, engage, and inspire all who listen. Subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you use to get it delivered twice each month. If you like what you hear, Please, please subscribe and leave us a review. It helps so much. And now for this week's episode. The journey of recovery is messy. The stories we hear can at times be emotionally jarring. This is okay. It reminds us that we are all in this together and that these authentic stories from those that have experienced them truly provides healing within the soul. The episode you're about to hear is as real as it gets. Kevin is a wonderful man, a veteran who has experienced a traumatic brain injury and states what he feels, how he understands it. We appreciate his service, his sacrifices, and his authenticity. I pray that as a listener, you enter into this episode with openness, hearing his thoughts as they are, and we thank you. Well, thanks everybody for joining us again uh, for another episode of Recovery Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a veteran, Kevin Galloway, and I'm here in Riverton, Wyoming, uh, at the Veterans uh, Program Hall, speaking to him. Uh, and he's going to share with us today some of his experience with moral injury, and hopefully we'll have some great dialogue. So, Kevin, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, tell me a little bit about how you first came to to hear the term moral trauma or moral injury? I've struggled with it for years. I never really knew. I never really had words for it. And I went to a veteran resource fair. I believe it was the day before Memorial Day down in Dubois. There's a, a military museum down there. They had all kinds of people, different different people speaking. And, and that's where I really started to learn about the moral injury. And, and the pieces fit. The pieces fit real well. So as soon as you heard it? I knew, instantly. It started clicking with you right yep. away, huh? Yep. Was there other things that you knew you were dealing with that maybe the VA or others had, had diagnosed you with or that you felt like was going on? I know I've got multiple brain injuries. I know there's some combat stress there, um, survivor's grief. Kevin, um, tell us about the, the context then of your moral injury. What have you learned? Well, I joined the Army. I was a cavalry scout. I served 2005 to 2009. I was stationed in Schweinfurt, Germany in the start with 1st Infantry Division. We deployed to Baghdad. 
I was blown up a couple times, watched a lot of friends die. And like I said, combat stress, survivor's grief, yeah, PTSD, if we want to call it that. You learned then about moral injury and, and put some pieces together around yes. wh- yep. why... Why um, I feel the way that I do. Yeah. Some of the symptoms. Moral injury was a great group of words to put into context that I didn't know previously. Like I said, combat stress. I, I hate the term PTSD. I hate the fear behind it. Mm. There's so much more to it than being scared of a bang or being scared of something being thrown to me or thrown at me rather. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's what happens to our heart. It ha- it's what happens to our core set of beliefs and where we're going and where we've been and where we're trying to put ourselves. Yeah, that's well said. How did your moral injury affect you? I've struggled with homelessness since I got out of the military in 2009. I've been homeless in Maine. I've been homeless in Kentucky. I've been homeless in Alaska. I've been homeless in Pennsylvania. Part of it was by choice. Part of it was we're a product of our environment. I, I'm a combat soldier. I know how to survive. I, I'm determined to lay my own ground, and I don't, I don't want help from people. Uh, at least I thought I didn't want help from people. Um, I'm accepting help now, and I offer my help any way that I can help somebody. I volunteer here at the, the Riverton Veterans Hall just to try to talk to somebody. You never know if somebody's going to say something profound that could, that could really have an impact on your life. And you never know what you're going to say that could be profound in somebody else's mind. You never know what, how you're going to impact somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the difference, you know, you talked about PTSD and, and the difference between that and, and the understanding of moral injury is the, the cause and then the, some of the prolonged effects, right? Yep. So we know that moral injury, there's, there's shame, there's guilt, but it's, it's, it turns the page to this moral piece where you feel like your code, your, those values that you have. Very much. What did that, that look like? How did you first start to come to terms with that? Well, like I said, I never knew about moral injury or the the name moral injury until the past six months. And it's really over then that I think that I've gotten the most healing. Um, As far as emotions tied to it, um, there were a lot of depression, shame, guilt, regret, um, remorse. I think that's the right word. Where... There's, there's young guys dying and young guys losing their life and young guys losing their limbs. And for what? Why? We, and sometimes it's not what we do. It's what we should have done. Sometimes it's what happened to our friends. It's not always directly impacted or it's, it's not always directly involving us, but it impacts. Sure. The impact is definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, a lot of veterans talk about this sense of uh, of great betrayal to them, or a, a sense that they've betrayed. And and yeah. is, is is that any part of your experience? A- absolutely. While I was deployed, I had sh- somebody show me a video that was kind of controversial. Kind of controversial. This video consumed me. Consumed my life for years. It consumed me so bad that it took me out of the military. And and I, w- I was a lifer. I re-enlisted while I was in Iraq. I loved the military. I never fell out of a run. 
I was a good Joe. Well, I went AWOL for six months because I didn't know what to do. Because nobody was listening to what I had to say, but I knew what I was talking about. Um, after being AWOL for about six months, I turned myself in. I went to the embassy and they called my unit, which was why I went to the embassy because I was terrified of my unit. My unit just called my family and basically sent me home. Like I said, I was a good Joe before I left. And I was I was reaching out for help, but in the combat arms, those who reach out, reach out for help are weak. So it didn't really matter what I had seen, what I had done, what I'd been through, what I learned about. It was more just do what you're told and then be off with you. The military didn't really care. Yeah. Yeah. And and so this video that you said you watched, um, what, what, what did you say it did to you? Or oh, it challenged my faith beyond anything. Okay. Like, uh, Everything we were taught growing up, every I, I was a young man when 9-11 happened. Imagine that having such a profound impact on your life that you knew you were going to serve as a kid because of something you saw on TV. Yeah. Well, then imagine if somebody told you the story you heard wasn't right and what you were taught wasn't right. I'm not trying to push conspiracy, but that's essentially what drove me to madness. Yeah. So that is a, a defining sense of betrayal then. Yeah, very in, much. In what you thought you were doing and the purpose. and Yeah, I was things. there to do the right thing. And then why was, in, why was I in Iraq? You know, like it, Osama bin Laden and his merry band of misfits supposedly did this atrocious act to our country. And they were from Afghanistan. So what, what put us in Iraq? And when those bells started, those wheels started turning, and when when the bells started turning, when I started seeing the things that weren't right, it really affected me. Yeah. Yeah. So how did then this sense of moral injury, and, and maybe you didn't know what that was at the time, but, but looking back now, yep. how did it affect your behaviors? I didn't trust anybody. I didn't trust anybody, even if it was family. I didn't care. I isolated myself. I separated myself from everybody that I knew. I moved thousands of miles away from my family. I I was AWOL in a foreign country. And and that's kind of embarrassing, but it is what it is. Um, How did it affect your relationships then? You mentioned that a little bit, but what, what happened with relationships after this moral moral injury took place? I only had... I still only maintain probably four or five relationships with people. Um, two or three that are non-military. Mm. Um, but I still, I don't really talk to people about it very often. Today, I struggled for a long time. Today, I'm on the upside of it. Today, I run a Discord. I try to reach out to guys. Anything I can do to help. Yeah. Even if it's listening. Yeah. Well, and obviously you're here. You're here willing to share this yeah. story. Yeah. So. I, I wish I wish I had more to say. I wish I knew. I wish I had better words for the emotions. Yeah. Well, I think we learn. I yeah. think we learn as we grow. We, we learn to, that's part of this whole piece, right? Yep. Is learning to put words to what we've experienced so yep. that we can share them with other people. I think that's why the, the, the moral injury groups and the, the time that's spent 
in this space yeah. is so important for people, right? Yeah. Um, let, let's turn the corner. One of the things you talked about that I want to touch on is um, you learned about this this as you went through the group and you started to do your own work. You mentioned the power of names and remembering names and how how great how that, is for you. that is. Yeah, yeah, talk about that a little bit. So while we were in Du Bois at the Veterans Fair, I was with I was with a brother in arms, and we were here representing the the Riverton office. Well, through the day, they had different speakers up talk up on stage and talking, and me and my brother were sitting there talking to each other, and and, and I remember hearing somebody talk about names, and I really struggle with remembering names. I never had words for it. I never understood why. I just knew that I struggled remembering people's names. Well, while people were up there talking, and I can't remember who it was that talked, that spoke about it, but they said, the reason why we struggle with remembering names is because we don't want to get close to people because we never know who we're going to lose or when we're going to lose them. And subliminally, that is a huge problem, something that I really struggle with. Um, so when somebody introduces themselves to me, nine times out of ten, it goes in one ear and out the other. And it's 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 not out of disrespect. It's it's out of protecting myself. Yeah, it's like a filter that you yeah, created it's, it's because a, of your a barrier. Yeah, it's yeah. a barrier, a wall that I put up. I don't let people get close to me anymore. If I meet somebody, I can have a great conversation with them today. Tomorrow, I'm not going to know who they. I'll, I'll remember their face, but I won't remember a name at all. Mm-hmm. And and I keep it that way just so I don't get close to him, to them, anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you find out then um, about this moral injury program and the, and the group that was taking place? Well, actually it was, it was at that resource fair in Du Bois. Um, I met Fred and Fred, Fred Groms. And he realized where we were from. I can't remember exactly if he asked that, that day was told that day had us for loops we were that that was a very emotional day. Um, and I believe it was on a Monday. It was either Sunday or a Monday. Well, at the time I was working here at the hall Tuesdays and Wednesdays and my shift that Tuesday after, after the resource fair, Fred was here. Um, and he, he asked me if I had any, in, any interest in helping facilitate groups and learning about moral injury. And he and I went through that book and I really, really enjoyed it. It, it, it gave me a lot of, outside perspective that I didn't have prior. Yeah. So what did that look like then for you being involved in the, in a group setting? It was very, uh, I haven't gone through a group. It okay. was all, it was all just me and Fred. Okay. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It, 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 it helped a lot. Um, I strongly encourage it to people, especially if you, if you deal with any kind of combat stress, this, it, it, it puts words to emotions that we might not have. Like I said, gives a different perspective. Yeah. So what would you say are, are highlights then of how you you mentioned to me that, that you're on this this positive movement, you feel some upward motion. Yep. Would would you use the word healing? Is that yeah. is oh, that a abs- fair word? Ab- I, absolutely. A positive mindset. We have a tendency to fall into negativity. I don't care. Whatever. Screw it. And I believe that word is empathy, but the empathy is the root of the evil there. We need to overcome that. We need to remember what it was like being an eight-year-old when you're always happy all the time and nobody could do wrong. 
we need to hold that a little bit more, yeah. you know, instead of dwelling on the past and dwelling on the negativity, because that's what everybody does today is we all focus on the negative. If you talk to somebody nine times out of 10, they're talking about negativity, talking about something negative, something they hate, not something they enjoy, not something they like. Yeah. And, and I think if we try to stay positive a little bit more respect of each other, something that not doesn't exist today, just respecting each other's differences. Oh yeah. Um, and I think seeing past those is, is a way to make you feel better. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the word, you mentioned the word empathy and I'm not here to correct you, but I, I want to make sure that people know what you're talking about. I think it's the word apathy that you're looking for. Right. Yeah. And, and because apathy is the, it really is the, the opposite of faith, right? Yeah. You know, all these other words that we can yeah. throw out there, yeah. uh, unbelief or anything else, but, but that yes. word apathy really yes. is, is the opposite of, man, yeah. I have, I want to have faith in people. Yeah. I want to have hope again in, in that there's goodness and yeah. that I'm, I have goodness in myself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that can be a hard thing to find. So this experience for you, then your time working with people in the moral injury field, you're starting to see. Some yes. Light at yes. The very much. Time. Very much. Um, uh, like I said, I run a, I run a peer to peer network online. So I'm, I'm already trying to help people. The, one of the things that have made me feel the best at the end of the day is just helping somebody else. Even if it's just listening to them when they're having a rough day, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel better that maybe I can help somebody when they're having a rough moment by me helping somebody else makes me feel better. At the end of the day, I feel better. The more I do this, the easier it gets on a day to day basis. Yeah. Well, and I think it, it's what we know about moral injury is that in that giving back, that act of giving back, of being open, of sharing your story, yep. that continues to bring you healing. Yep. Continues to help you not isolate yep. and do those things that, like you said, these are behaviors that... That I've done for years. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I like being alone. It's not that I... It's not that I don't like people as much as I like to be alone. Um, there is a serious lack of trust toward people. Um, but that's, we're all products of our environment. Sure. Well, and when we've experienced those things so deeply, mm -hmm. when it, when it becomes life and death experiences, especially, yep. um, those are, we hold those tight yep. and, and, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that the work that, that you're doing, the work that our teams are doing and, and so many others now who are getting this idea. Mm -hmm. of moral trauma and, and how important speaking about these moral injuries are yeah. um, starts to bring a lot of change. Yeah. About. And I think the more we talk about it, the easier it gets. Mm. I've okay. Here I'll press myself. When I was deployed, we had a convoy come in, came screaming into, into the fob. Um, and it was, it was my sister platoon. I was a scout. The sister platoon was the mortars. The mortars came in, and I remember running up, they were screaming, they were screaming and it was, it was, it was a bad time. I ran over and we helped carry some kid to the, to the aid station. And that kid screamed all friggin' night. We listened to that kid scream and I didn't speak of that for years. And as I'm sitting here, I'm holding my composure talking about it, no matter how bad it hurts, but going over it again and again and again does make it a little bit easier. Yeah. At least easier on the outside. 
Well, like you said, your ability to listen to somebody else who wants to share that, um, the fact that you are a peer of other veterans and that open door is, is being offered. Yeah. Very much. I encourage, I encourage people. I encourage people to reach out. I want people to reach out. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, what what else, Kevin? As as we kind of come to a close on on this particular time, then what else would you want somebody listening to know about moral injury or the access to to this type of groups, this type of peer uh, peer opportunity with others? No matter how hard it gets, there's always somebody that cares. There's always somebody else somebody else out there that struggles in similar ways. None of our struggles are the same. Civilian to military, we've got totally different struggles. But we all live our battles. And nobody can say that my battle was harder than your battle. Yeah. Helping each other. If you see somebody down, help them. It doesn't take nothing but a couple seconds to listen to somebody. It doesn't take nothing but a couple seconds to put your hand out. It doesn't take nothing but a couple seconds to give somebody a ride to the store. Anything we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... So powerful and so needed. Uh, coming from another veteran, um, that speaks volumes, Kevin. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for your your willingness uh, yeah, to come and, and sit in front of the mic, yeah, and, of course, and share some of your story and your experience. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we might get another opportunity to have a part two with cool. you in the future. Cool, that'd be great. And and just check back in, see how you're doing, and yep. and what you're up to next. Cool, um, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you. Um, I want to end today with just saying that uh, it, it is important that you have someone to to reach out to that that faith that Kevin talked about. Um, that's why we do what we do at Volunteers of America. That's why it's so impactful and powerful to us. We want everybody to know that uh, you are loved, you are valued, you're cared for, uh, and there's a place to reach out. Uh, you can get in touch with us through our website. Or send us an email at ministry at voanr.org. That's abbreviation of Volunteers of America, northernrockies.org. If you're a veteran and you're in need of immediate help, would you do me a favor? I want you to call 1-844-4VOA-VET. The numbers there are 1-844-486-2838. We've got someone that's more than happy and willing to help you out. And uh, maybe you'll even hear from Kevin. As I you, hope uh, so. Yeah, as you get an I, opportunity. I look to forward in. to hearing from anybody. Well, thanks, Kevin, for your time again. Thank you very much. And thank you all that are listening today. God bless you. Goodbye. Recovery Podcast is brought to you by Volunteers of America. If you heard something that strikes a chord, shoot us an email at recoverypodcast at voanr.org. Today's music is courtesy of Free Music Archive. This week you heard tunes by Ketza, who also composed our theme music. Links to the artists can be found at our website. Thanks for listening, rating, and most importantly, for sharing this podcast with your friends and family.